You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore that app. So it is officially game day, meaning that uh, in T-minus, what, eight hours from this recording, Packers will be seven and two, getting us oh so much closer to that. Well, what I mean, what does it get us? I don't know. I have no idea. I guess it gets us one step further away from a potential collapse where we don't get into the playoffs. It's kind of weird when you think about it from that standpoint. You've got that number one seed, which I'm not saying you don't want it, but just from the standpoint of like how make or break is that? I mean, that's not the Super Bowl. That's just something that it's like an automatic win. It gets you through that first round into the second round, but it, you know, then after that, there's in the playoffs. And then after that, there's missing the playoffs. It's just, I don't know, It's just maybe it's just me, but it's weird to think, what is it going to take to miss the playoffs? It's going to take a lot. So what does one loss mean? Basically nothing. I mean, it might pull us further away from that that number one seed, but again, I don't think most of us are even thinking, I don't know if most of us are even thinking playoffs. We're just thinking we want to be the best team in football. And everything that we see, every single play that we watch has an implication on our feeling toward this team and what it means. That, that That's me anyways, and that's the impression I get from a lot of other people. It's just how we feel about the Packers. We want to believe they're the most dominant. Because we believe if they're the most dominant, then that means you win the Super Bowl, even though that's not exactly what that means. There's so much irrational thinking and feeling in the game of, in the game of being a football fan. Really, it, I mean, it just we're kind of just biding our time at this point. I mean, it's not impossible we don't get into the playoffs, but again, I don't think too many people are scared we're not going to get into the playoffs. I think most people are scared we're not going to win. But there's really nothing that's going to happen today that's going to impact whether or not we win a Super Bowl. But we feel like it does. We have to annihilate the Jaguars. And if if we do, we feel good about our chances of winning a Super Bowl, even though that would have zero impact on our ability to win a Super Bowl. If we almost lose, then we feel bad, because then we're a bad team, even though we know that that's not how that works. Good teams have bad days. We've seen every. We've gone through all the other teams that are supposedly going to win a Super Bowl. We've seen them play not very good. There's one undefeated team in football, and I don't think anybody really takes them all that seriously. It's the Steelers. I mean, they're not bad, but it's you know. I mean, the Chiefs are going to destroy the Steelers. I don't. I don't have any doubt about. It. I think Baltimore would beat them. I think the Packers could beat them. I think Tampa Bay could beat them. I mean, there's a. I mean, Seattle could probably beat them. Not saying they absolutely would, but it's just, it's not like, they don't feel like the most dominant team in football to me. They feel like a team that's, I don't know, played a lot of garbage football teams for sure. But really, and it, and it you know, we, we learned that Alan Lazard is not coming back. We know uh, Jair is not going to play. And when you look at it and you think, man, they're being super cautious. It makes me nervous. What if, we, what if we're overly cautious and we lose this game? The biggest impact that we can have, the, the one thing that could happen that would make it so that it's not just bad this week, it's bad for our future, for our actual chances of winning in the playoffs. The only thing that would be is an injury. Granted, it's not impossible we lose to the Jaguars and go on this massive losing streak and um, end up missing the playoffs. The, the, the fact that we're playing the Jaguars makes this, what I'm trying to say, less potent, right? Just, I mean, pretend we're playing the, the Titans or the Colts or some other team that has at least some semblance of a chance of beating the Packers. The point is, it doesn't really matter. 
It's just about, I want to feel good about the Packers. That's really all this is today. All the pent-up nervousness and anxiousness that we have is just this feeling of, I want to believe the Packers are elite. I want to believe. I want to go on Twitter and be able to brag and not have to hide and feel bad because there's Vikings fans making fun of me and there's Bears fans making fun of me and there's Seahawks fans saying, ha ha, Russell's better and it hurts my feelings. I mean, I, I can't help you with that. That's what's going to happen, especially if you're on Twitter running your mouth. They're going to come back at you. And some of you have a defense mechanism called pessimism so that you don't have to deal with the hurt. You, you lay that on the Packers before they even play. We're trash. We're going to lose. This is a trap game. Look at the weather, man. 25 mile an hour wind. We're definitely going to lose. That way, if anything bad happens, I mean, you've, you've pounded that so hard into your own head. It's like, I knew it. I told you. I told you all, bunch of stupid Packer fans thinking this is a good team. I mean, I, I, I do that sometimes, not to that degree, but you know where you like hedge your bets? Like if, if, if you had to gamble, like 20 bucks on whether or not the Packers, I would be tempted to take the Jaguars because then I either win money or the Packers win and it's a win-win day. So I get it. But again, let's just try to keep it in the context of it's just about feelings, but nothing that really, nothing that happens really matters all that much. Again, I don't want to have to go back through all this, but I can if you'd like. The Chiefs lost to the Raiders 40 to 32. 40 to 32. Now again, in that moment as a fan, you could oh, this team's never going anywhere. This defense burr, 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 burr. And it's true that it shows that on any given Sunday you can lose. There's no guarantee, but we should also be able to use that to our advantage. Just because we wipe out the Jaguars doesn't mean we can beat anybody in front of us. Just because we lose to the Jaguars doesn't mean that on the day we see the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, we don't beat them 55-14. to It's unlikely, but the Raiders beat them by 8. They scored 40 points on them. The Chiefs barely beat the Carolina Panthers 33-31. to And again, how does that make you feel as a fan? Not good. Because I expect better from my team that I want to believe is dominant and is just going to waltz into the... Because it seems like that's what we really want. I want to just believe that this is super easy. That's why, you know, we... I I don't know. Somebody might play Madden on, like, super ultra easy mode. Even though it's boring, I hate the way it feels when I lose. And I'm not playing all this time, spending all this time playing this stupid season just so I can lose in the playoffs. I don't think so. I will be winning the Super Bowl. Thank you very much. The problem is that's never going to happen. You're never going to be in a situation where it's just so ultra, super easy, just dominate everybody all the time, never lose. There was never any doubt in anybody's mind. I mean, perfect example, the 2007 Patriots. They went 16-0, and number one in points offensively, number one in yards, number four in points defensively, number four in yards. They didn't just beat people, they annihilated people. 38 14, 38 14, 38 7, 34 13, 34 17, 48 27, 49 There were three games in there that were at least a little bit kind of close. They annihilated everybody. Then they get into the playoffs. What happens? Annihilate the Jaguars, 31-20. Then they play the Chargers. Annihilate them. Now, kind of close. 21-12. It's not even that close. Then they get into the Super Bowl, and what happened? They lose 17-14 to the New York Giants. Most dominant football team. It didn't mean anything. 
This was the team every fan wants their team to be. We go in, we don't just play teams, we annihilate teams. The Jets, the Chargers, the Bills, the Bengals, the Browns, the Cowboys, the Dolphins, the Redskins, the Colts. We played them all. We blew them out of the water. Bye week. Then we got the Bills, the Eagles, the Ravens, the Steelers, the Jets, the Dolphins, the Giants. Annihilated everybody. Then you get into the playoffs. You start getting nervous. Like, well, I don't know. What if they, what if, who knows what's going to happen? We had a bye. Maybe blah, 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 blah. Annihilate the Jaguars. Like, dude, it's just, it's game over. It's game over. Chargers, again, it's just, it's all a feeling. I just want to feel like when we get into the Super Bowl, we're going to annihilate whoever's in front of us. That's how I want to feel. That's how Patriots fans felt. That's how everybody felt. Nobody's going to beat the Patriots. This is the most dominant team in NFL history. Nobody's going to stop this team. They haven't lost a game. I don't think they're ever going to lose a game. This is the best team I've ever seen in my life. 14 points they put up in the Super Bowl, lost 14-17. The only team in history ever that went completely undefeated was Don Shula's 1972 Miami Dolphins. And to be fair, they only played 17 total games. The Patriots won more games consecutively than the Dolphins did this year. But yes, this was a, I mean, they were number one in literally every single category. Offensive points, defensive points, offensive yards, defensive yard. That doesn't mean there weren't close games, though. And I'm sure there was a couple fleeting, I mean, week three. They were 2-0, and and then week three, it was 16-14 uh, against the Minnesota Vikings. I just, I can just feel... There were certain, I mean, you know, it probably was a different era back in the 70s. I don't know what people were like, but I know people today and how they would react. They'd think, oh, this isn't that good of a team. Not going anywhere. 16 points. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? 24 23 against the Bills. Are you kidding me? 28 24 against the Jets. Flukes, man. All flukes. Ball bounces the wrong way. If the wind wasn't blowing left that time, if, if, if he didn't miss that field goal, we'd be we'd lose a game. Nearly lost to the Steelers in the playoffs 21 17. In fact, they, they beat the, I mean, everything was a one-score game and throughout the entire playoffs, 14-20. Uh, to 20. Cleveland Browns get another touchdown. This, we don't know anything about this team. 17-21 against the Steelers and then 7-14 to 14 against the Redskins. So again, the, the point is, it's, and, and it's fine. It's absolutely fine. I'm just, I'm just saying don't catastrophize it. Don't feel like this has really very much implication on anything because it kind of doesn't. I mean, again, it's, it's one of the easier games, so you start creeping toward missing the playoffs, but it's such a, there's such a gap. And, and when you expand the playoffs, especially the amount of teams that are going to get in, the, the likelihood that the Packers miss the playoffs is so small. I mean, what could possibly happen outside of some ca- catastrophe of an injury? But the thing is, even if they lose to the Jaguars, they're going to come back and win a game they weren't supposed to win. We weren't supposed to beat the 49ers. We weren't supposed to beat the Saints. I mean, we weren't supposed to come through that gauntlet at the beginning of the season the way that we did. We didn't expect the Vikings to be that bad, the Lions to be that bad, the Saints to be that bad. So yeah, we lost two games, one of which I'm I'm talking about before the season started. If you just said we lose one game to the Vikings out of two, we'd have been like, yeah, that sounds about reasonable. Say you lose to the Bucks, it's like, oh, that kind of sucks, but I, you know would have thought we'd have beat them, but whatever. I mean, 6-2 and two at this point, everybody would have been happy with it, right? Because there's a lot of stuff that happened that nobody expected. So the point is, it just, it, it's hard to look at this game and, and say, if we win big, what does that mean? Nothing. If we lose or win small, what does that mean? Nothing. If we lose small, if we lose big, what does that mean? I, I, did somebody get hurt? No. I, then I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, it might change a little bit in terms of of your perspective on what's going to happen in the future, but we don't know. 
These teams change and evolve. I mean, look at the Vikings. I thought the Vikings were going to be winless through the season. Now they're easily the second-best team in football. They're favored to beat the Bears, who are expected to be the one team giving us a run for our money. Now everybody thinks the Bears are a joke and the Vikings are for real, and if they hadn't started off so slow, they might even overtake us for the number one spot. They're just too far behind at this point. How did that happen overnight? Because stuff changes. Things change. And if we lose to the Jaguars, it's not going to be the same team in week 16 or in the playoffs. If we annihilate the Jaguars, it's not going to be the same team in week 16 or the playoffs. There are injuries, people are getting better, people are getting worse, whatever. So what is this, you know, it's a weird thing to say on game day, but that's just, all I'm saying is just enjoy the game. Just enjoy the game for it being a game. It has no implications. It really doesn't. It really doesn't. If a team is 6-3, and three, are they out of the playoffs? Huh? 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 No. No, they're not, right? No. They're not out of the playoffs. If they're 7-2, and two, did they win the Super Bowl? No. Did we get the number one seed? No. Are we out of the playoffs? No. Are we in the playoffs? No. What does it mean? Nothing. It's a way to build on something. So let's build on something. Let's stay healthy, number one. Let's hope that some guys continue to get better. It's, you know, it sounds silly when Matt LaFleur talks about what a great opportunity. I, I just, you know, the more I think about what I'm saying right now, which is shockingly a revelation. We're nearly a thousand episodes in, and it's like, I feel like this is pretty basic. But when you listen to Matt LaFleur, it seems like he really has a great grasp of what I'm saying right now. When you listen to the things he, first of all, holding guys out the way that he is. Second of all, when, he, when guys get injured and he seems to get like excited about it, what a great opportunity for guys to step up. It's true, because not only is it great for them and their careers, it's great for our team because we need to have better depth. And we got guys that, that have potential, and if, even if they don't, they have the potential of stepping in during a playoff game having never played. It's good for Josh Jackson and Kadar Holman and those guys to get some reps. No, I don't want to lose the game. But we need Jair to be healthy later in the season, so take your time. And remember the last time we won a Super Bowl, how many players in general, but especially DBs, had to step up because of injuries, and how many of those guys went on to be great football players? I mean, I remember being horrified. Oh, who is this loser now? I don't want him in here. We're going to lose. We're already a bad team, which again, I mean, if we want to go down this list of of why things don't mean things, look at the last time we won a Super Bowl. We had all counted the Packers out. And I'm just talking about counting them out of the playoffs. They're not going to do well enough. They're not going to win out to get into the playoffs. Even if they do win out, there's no guarantee they get into the playoffs because certain things have to break our way. And even if we get into the playoffs, this team is not good enough. And you know what? We were all right. We were all right. That team that was losing and nearly missed the playoffs because of all their losing wasn't good enough to win a Super Bowl. The team that was in the playoffs, though, was the best team in football different team entirely. Different players, different mentality, different whatever. So what, again, does this mean for January? Nothing. Nothing. So again, I'm, I'm just telling you this to give you permission to let go of the future implications. Forget what Twitter's going to say and what all these 14-year-old kids are going to say and they're going to make fun of you. Forget all of that. Just enjoy the game. Pick out some of your favorite guys, some of the guys that you hope are going to step up. Kingsley Kiki, just just watch him when he's on the field. See what he can do. 
Watch Rashawn. Watch Zadarius. See if any of these guys are doing anything impactful. Take the day to just enjoy the day. Enjoy your favorite players. Be a kid again. Well, you get older and it's like you get all pessimistic about everything all the time. Oh, these stupid losers. Catch a ball in your life. You know what my son does? He screams Devante every time he sees Devante because he loves Devante. Although he still calls him Avante and I don't feel like correcting him because it's just, you know, it's just one of those things, man. He's a little kid. It's cute. There's Avante. And he's also taken a special liking to Jamal Williams because he likes to dance. So whenever Jamal runs a ball and he gets up and he starts dancing, my son gets up and does a little dance. Just be like him. Find a way, find a reason to enjoy the game. And if it's not enjoyable, just walk away. Because at the end of the day, this is just kind of like preseason. In a way, it's just like preseason. We get all jacked up. We get all excited because we get to watch these people play. And then it gets kind of boring and the team loses and you realize it doesn't really matter. Did anybody get hurt? No. Good. Then I don't care. That was a waste of my time. Why did I watch that? That's not what we're going to say after this game, but that's kind of where we're at. I want to watch my team annihilate another team. That's awesome. If they do it, great. If they don't, that stinks. I was hoping to get to watch that today. It does not mean we're not going to win a Super Bowl. Our odds to win a Super Bowl are just as unlikely after a loss as they were before the loss. And, and by that, I mean extremely unlikely. Not because it's a bad team, but because there's 32 teams and winning a Super Bowl is very rare. I think a lot of people, especially Packer fans, forget that, I mean, if you, if you just took the straight-up odds, there's a 1 in 32 chance. Meaning if you're 32 years old, which is pretty close to how old I am, I should have seen my team win a Super Bowl once. I've seen it twice. I'm ahead of the curve. Yeah, well, the Patriots have like 50. Oh, I'm sorry the Patriots hurt you. Sorry they gave you unrealistic expectations, but that just never happens in life. You'll be okay. Find a different, you know, bar to jump over. Like, how about we be better than the Browns, or the Lions, or the Vikings, or the Bears? How about we be the best team in the NFC North, which we are by a mile, and have been for most of our lifetimes? Well, the Packers are only, like, you know, one of the top three teams over the last 20 years. I want them to be the number one team. I mean, really, outside of the Patriots, who's the best team over the last 30 years? And I know for through the 90s, the Patriots were not good, but still, I think what they did from 2000 to 2020 has pretty well <laughs> made up for it. But who, I mean, who, really, since 1990, 30 years, pick a team that's better. But the Cowboys? Nah, not really. 49ers? I mean, they were pretty good early 90s. They're became good a little bit later on, but I don't I don't think so. I don't think they overtake the Packers, who have been consistently dominant since 1991 through 2020, with two Super Bowls and basically going to the playoffs more often than not. Again, just enjoy the day. That's all you got to do. Why don't we take a break right here? I'll uh, come back, talk about a couple other things. So we'll be right back. Ironjock.com, I-R-O-N-J-O-C.com, a Wisconsin-based Apparel Company has launched their e-commerce platform. They sell polo shirts, vests, workout, long and short sleeve shirts. This is the hardest part. I call it the gauntlet as of three seconds ago. Sweatshirts, shorts, socks and underwear, running jackets, hoodies, and pants. There's so many S's. Short sleeve shirts, sweatshirts, shorts, socks. <laughs> I made it. But they do sell all that stuff. And as I've said, incredibly comfortable, at least as far as their hoodies are concerned. And again, I do plan on getting... Probably a polo for work, since work is what I do most of the time. Every single one of their uh, pieces of apparel are infused with nano silver. 
using their proprietary silver ion technology process that provides permanent odor protection for the lifetime of the fabric. Iron Jack fabric kills 99.9% of bacteria and fungus. Again, this is not some kind of spray you're putting on it. This is not a detergent. This is built into the fabric. It's just killing bacteria and fungus, just, just as it is, just sitting there. You could probably start throwing these hoodies in with your wash to make sure that it really, really gets the stink out of your clothes. But again, everything that they have is wicking and fast-drying, breathable, anti-static, and odor-eliminating. Their Enduratec Plus fabric is also water-repellent. You can find that in their long pants, shorts, hoodies, and running jackets. Be sure to follow them on Facebook. Like them on Twitter at IronJock for a little bit more of an in-depth look at what they offer. Otherwise, just go to ironjock.com, I-R-O-N-J-O-C.com. Also, you make sure sure you check out mybookie.ag. Welcome to the Packernet Podcast, where I refuse to edit anything. But if you've been contemplating it, I mean, today's Sunday. If you weren't messing around with college football, today is absolutely the day. I mean, there's a lot of great options. We've talked about it. If you want to bet on some winners, maybe do a parlay or something, you got the Packers just sitting there. They've also got the prop bets. You can bet on, you know, total touchdowns by both teams. Exact number of touchdowns score. Five is the odds-on favorite right now, by the way. Jaguars total touchdown. Over or under 0.5. <laughs> Again, anything you're feeling, if you, if you want to bet it, MyBookie's got it. Just make sure if you have not signed up yet to head over to MyBookie.ag, sign up, and make sure you use promo code OVERTIME because they're going to match your deposit halfway. So if you put down 200 they're going to give you $100 free dollars to play with. Also, in there, um, when you use your promo code, they're going to ask how you found out. Make sure you put in Packernet Podcast if you wouldn't mind. It's winning season at MyBookie, so come join in the fun and win some cash while you're at it. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. So, um, probably should have done this first off, but uh, injury report, I kind of touched on it. Alan Lazard is not playing. They needed to have activated him yesterday, and they did not do that. Um, I feel like I kind of said that, but I didn't, you know, outright say it. However, they did activate Christian Kirksey. I'm assuming that means they are intending him to play. I don't know exactly to what degree. I don't know if he's going to be, you know, back to being the full-time guy, or if they kind of like some of the guys they have, and it's just a heavy rotation. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Um, Jair is officially listed as doubtful, but he's not playing. I mean, I'm, I'm just assuming. 
Bakhtiari still looking like he's ready to go. Tyler Irvin ready to go. Aaron Jones full go. Kevin King um, has been limited all week. He's questionable. I tend to think he'll be out. They might be a little bit more urgent in bringing him back with Jair out. I know they've been super cautious. It'll be interesting to see um, how far they want to take this whole, you know, we don't really, we want to hold guys out that aren't ready thing. We'll see. Uh, Mercedes Lewis seems like he's ready to go. Uh, John Lovett, I mentioned, obviously is not playing. Uh, Will Redmond, Vernon Scott, Darius Shepard, Equinemius, Rick Wagner, Robert Tanyan, all questionable. Uh, Tanyan popped up on the injury report on Thursday as being limited. He did not practice on Friday. It's possible they didn't practice him because they wanted to give him as much full rest as possible to try to give him the best possible chance to come back, and we'll see what happens. Um, But it's definitely not a good sign when you don't practice on Friday. Uh, for your availability on Sunday, but we'll see how it goes. As for the Jaguars, Dakota Allen, linebacker, is officially out. Doug Costin, defensive tackle, officially out. Gardner Minshew, right thumb, officially out. Devin uh, Divino Zigbo, I think it's Divine, uh, out with a hamstring. LaVisca Chenault, officially out. Everybody else was full participation, seemingly ready to go. With the exception of Mr. Josh Jones, who I would like to see. Um, I hate to be that guy. But he was such a disappointment, I would like to see him do something good for the Packers for once, and that is play poorly for another team that we're playing against. If he plays and gets like an interception, I'm going to cry. I, I mean, Josh Jones was always that... He was similar to Oren Burks, where the Packers took him, felt like it was too early, but the Packers liked him because he's athletic and all this stuff, and it's like, you know a lot of people were super high on him. Like, no, no, you don't understand, dude. This Josh Jones guy is really good. And then I start buying into the hype. Like, yeah, no, I can see it. You guys are right. He's going to be really good. And he just wasn't. And I always kind of liked that he was really physical. But, I mean, I guess kind of like Josh Jackson, um, you appreciate the physicality, but it just it gets to be too much, and you hope that he can dial it back. But Josh Jones never really did. Like, basically concussing Jimmy Graham in practice. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. I just, I don't know, I think it'd be nice to see him out there because he was uh, not a good football player. I did want to touch a little bit on um, my predictions for yesterday. My guy, Matt Corral, was 28 of 32 with 513 passing yards and four touchdowns. I'm guessing most of you missed it, as I did as well, because I watched a little bit of the Badger game and then went to sleep. But, um, yeah, he, he had a fantastic day. He had as many incomplete passes as he had touchdowns and again went over 500 yards passing my prediction though for the day Mr. Elijah Moore the guy to keep an eye on he had six carries for 45 yards 7.5 yards per attempt because again he does a lot of that kind of in the backfield type stuff but he really stood out although that's fantastic he actually had the he was the best runner on the team he was also the best receiver on the team. 13 receptions for 225 yards, 17.3 yards per reception, and two touchdowns, including a 91-yard reception. And it's not one of those situ- situations where you say, yeah, you, you take away that 91-yard reception, and it's not that impressive. Yes, it is. It's still 136 yards, 34. So, yeah. Uh, he didn't get quite as much hype. I, I immediately woke up and went through the tweets, and I saw uh, Matt Coral as well as uh, Corral, whatever, as well as Elijah Moore, but it was really just a PFF thing. I was kind of hoping to see all the national media pundits be like, you got to get a glow to this guy. He's going to tear up the league. That's all right. They'll figure it out eventually. The other good thing is, and we'll see. I, I should look at my big board, see where he is. I don't even know. Poof. Yeah, 214th. Some people are sleeping. There's only one board. So I've 
he's ranked, there's three sites that I saw that ranked him. One was 283rd, one was 229th. One site, though, has him 47th overall, and that is... This is all messed up. I probably messed this up. Oh, and that's a notoriously bad site. Well, whatever. Again, they'll figure it out. Anyways, let's talk a little bit about um, the weather conditions, because that seems to be a concern for some people. Um, 36 degrees, which is not that bad. Possible light rain, which could be a problem. The big thing, though, 25-mile-an-hour winds. Uh, that was the same situation we saw with the Vikings game, where the wind was kind of crazy, and a couple of the passes went um, pretty errant, which means more than likely the teams are going to want to reel it in, run the ball, and the concern is, well, the Jaguars are just going to sell out against the run, and they're going to be able to stop the run, and we can't throw, and it's just going to be a big nightmare. First of all, bad weather doesn't mean the bad team loses. That's not what that means. You don't just reverse it, right? I mean, if, what is it? We got uh, Houston and Cleveland, 23-mile-an-hour winds, rain and windy. Who wins that game? Based on the wind, who wins that game? That doesn't even make sense, right? I mean, I, I, it, it does not make sense. Uh, there's another one here. We got uh, Cincinnati-Pittsburgh, 20-mile-an-hour wind, possible light rain. Is Cincinnati going to win because of the wind? Because wind makes bad teams better? No, I mean, you you got to dig in a little bit. Like, what, what does that actually mean? Because the negative effects affect the other team as well. The reason that might have worked better for the Vikings is that, first of all, the Vikings are a run-first team. So if you said both teams have to stop passing and just run, granted, the Vikings like to pass and are fairly good at it, the question comes down to, let's say both defenses sell out against the run, which team is going to be able to overcome that? It's, it's the team that has Dalvin Cook. And the fact that the Packers were terrible at tackling in that game just meant that they were able to keep the ball on the ground and get a bunch of big yards because, again, it was two things at once. Dalvin Cook, who's really good at breaking ankles and breaking tackles, and the Packers, who simultaneously decided to have the worst tackling game of their entire lives. I don't know that we can say that that's the same thing that's going to happen here. Which running back is better, Aaron Jones or that other guy from the Jaguars that nobody knows? What about passing? Which team is going to have a better chance of passing with these weather conditions? I mean, neither, I guess, but probably a little bit Aaron Rodgers. I mean, if you get a 20 or, let's say, a 40-mile-an-hour wind gust that smacks the side of your ball, that affects both quarterbacks equally. Which quarterback is it going to hit more often? I, I don't know. <laughs> it's just, I mean, look, it's, it's a problem for both teams. It, it may possibly level the playing field a bit, so maybe you would reel in your expectations of a blowout because it's going to be hard to really just dominate all the way down the field a lot because you got to kind of simmer down the playbook a bit. Right? The deep shots probably aren't going to be quite as productive. Some of the passes are going to be errant because of, you know, wind conditions, some missed field goals. So the ability to rack up points goes down. So you keep the Jaguars in the fight longer. Maybe they end up coming out on top. I don't know. May Yeah, maybe. But it doesn't put them ahead in any category. I mean, just, just look at each individual category and say, which ones are the Jaguars better? Because if you, can, if you can highlight an area where the Jaguars are better than the Packers, then you can say, well, if, if that ends up being the game plan, then we're in trouble. Okay, well, uh, how about passing the ball? Jaguars are 18th in yards, 17th in touchdowns, 14th in interceptions, 24th in yards per attempt. 18, 17, 14, 24. The Packers are 8th in yards, 2nd in touchdowns, 2nd in interceptions, meaning, I mean, in a good way. 
second lowest amount, and fifth in net yards per attempt. The only area of passing in which the Jaguars are better is passing attempts. They pass more often than the Packers do. The Packers are 19th in passing attempt. They're actually less throw less than the league average. In a game in which we might turn to running more, the Jaguars are 32nd in rushing attempts. The Packers are 13th. The Jaguars very rarely run the ball. They throw, 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 throw. Again, 7th in passing attempts, 32nd in rushing attempts. How does the wind help them and not us? We're forcing them out of their game. If they want to sit back and throw the ball, cool, go for it. In terms of productivity, yeah, but when they run, they're better. Okay, they're 27th in yards, but, you know, yards is kind of fleeting because you run less often, so you would expect there to be less yards. Okay, they're 11th in yards per attempt with 4.5. The Packers are 9th with 4.6, and Aaron Jones has been hurt half the year. He's playing in in this game. They're 27th in rushing touchdowns. We're 23rd. We win again. There's no category in which they're better. Not one. Not one category. So, again, the the only real disadvantage is it might get the Packers out of their rhythm a little bit. It might slow things down a little bit. It might keep the scoring a little bit lower. And, again, when the, if the Jaguars are kept in the game, that's not great. You know, it gives them an opportunity, a couple little flukes here and there, uh, uh, errant fumble or pick because of, you know, whether it's a wind gust or something happens. Yeah, I mean, anything could happen. But, again, that goes either way. There's no actual logical, rational reason to put the Jaguars ahead because of wind gusts. That doesn't make any sense. So, again, if you want to take down, if if you want to go over to mybookie.ag and say, you know what, I don't think they're going to hit that over because of the weather conditions, that's that's rational. Saying we're going to lose because of wind gusts is not rational. You'd have to take me down the path of why we end up actually losing the game. How does this work to the Jaguars' benefit? It doesn't. Again, for the five billionth time, I'm not saying the Packers can't lose. So if we lose, don't come at me with, you said we wouldn't lose, you hurt my heart. First of all, I don't care. Second of all, never said we can't lose. There's no rational reason to come to the conclusion that the Packers lose this game other than an emotional outburst. There's just nothing. There's no categories. There's no circumstances. It's not the weather. It's not the injuries which work in our favor, the weather that works in our favor, which is cold and wet and rainy from a team that comes from Florida with a sixth-round rookie quarterback filling in at quarterback for the second time in his career. They're not the better team. They don't have the better offense. They don't have the better defense. They're not better at throwing. They're not better at at running. They're not better at at passing defense. They're not better at passing uh, rushing defense. They're not better at, at, you know, burning up the clock. That's all Packers. The only thing in the Jaguars' favor is the phrase, any given Sunday. That's it. That's the only thing in their favor. So again, just enjoy the game. There's no reason not to. If the Packers annihilate the Jaguars, feel good about it. If the Packers barely win, feel good about it. If the Packers lose, take a few minutes to feel sad, but then realize it doesn't matter. In the grand scheme of things, it doesn't change anything. What matters is when the Packers get into the playoffs, and they will, how they perform at that point. And this game doesn't impact that. It might make you a little sad. It might hurt your ability to find a way that somehow magically they'll become good in the playoffs like they did last time we won a Super Bowl. I understand it's hard to envision that because we want to pretend that everything that happens today is everything forever. Although we know that that's not the case. right? How does, how does the best quarterback in all NFL history, Aaron Rodgers, through the first four weeks of the season, play so poorly against Tampa? I don't know. I don't know. How does Robert Tanyan have, you know, during one week, look like he's George Kittle 
but then is just back to just being a ghost. He was never much of anything. Suddenly he's George Kittle, and then he just disappears again. Wait, 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 wait what? Why can't we do that? Why can't we feature him again? Why, why can't we build a game plan around him and have this elite tight end? I, I don't understand what happened. Don't know, man. It's football. It's flipping weird. Learn to just stop trying to figure everything out and just enjoy it. That's what we got to do today. So, again, enjoy the day. We'll talk to you tomorrow for Victory Monday. Have a good one.